Hey there, I'm Bethany Van Delft, and this is The 10 News, the show where in the time it takes to gather up all the loose change around your house, we find out what's up in the world. In today's episode, we'll get acquainted with storms by their names, find out why quarters are currently hard to come by, visit an aquarium that may change in a pretty unexpected way, and find out what very unusual artifact was recently sold at auction for a whopping $31.8 million. <laughs> Stick around till the end of the 10 to find out. Okay, let's get into the 10 news. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This year's hurricane season has been stormier than usual, producing a record number of named storms. So, what's the deal with named storms anyway? Let's go to Friend of the Ten, Lane Farber from the Nature Nerds podcast for an explanation. Kyle, Laura, Marco, Nana, and Omar. These are just a few of the many named storms which have formed in the Atlantic Ocean this very busy hurricane season. That's right. Hurricanes have names just like you and me. Meteorologists, a.k.a. the scientists who study weather, name hurricanes for the same reason people have names. Simplicity. Imagine if you didn't have a name. Your teacher would just call you that kid over there. It works the same way for storms. Instead of saying that storm over there, scientists give the storm a name. It makes things so much easier. It's important for meteorologists to be able to identify and talk about storms in the easiest way possible, because storms can be very dangerous. The most powerful and dangerous storms we have in the United States are called hurricanes. Hurricanes are massive swirling storms of wind and rain that form over tropical waters. Now strap in for a few science facts. Hurricanes are created when warm water is met by strong winds. The wind causes large amounts of warm water to evaporate. The water vapor rises up into the atmosphere where it cools. Once it's cool, the water vapor condenses into big, stormy, cumulonimbus clouds. The wind pushes the clouds, which start to swirl. And once the spinning winds reach 74 miles per hour, a hurricane is born. Hurricanes are a naturally occurring phenomenon. They've been happening for thousands of years. However, some scientists believe that humans may be responsible for the increased frequency and intensity of hurricanes in recent years. Whether climate change has a direct effect on extreme weather events is a highly debated topic at the moment. But research from NASA suggests hurricanes are getting stronger due to rising global temperatures. This makes a lot of sense when you think about what causes hurricanes. Warm water and wind. 2020 has been a super active hurricane season. In fact, it's so busy that meteorologists have officially run out of names. Yup, they ran out. Each year, the National Hurricane Center moves its way down an alphabetized list of 21 pre-approved names. This year, the final name on the list was Wilbur, which got checked off the list back in mid-September. With a little less than two months of hurricane season left, meteorologists have begun naming storms with letters from the Greek alphabet, and we've already made it to Delta. 
Fingers crossed that meteorologists don't run out of letters. Who knows what they call the next storm? My vote's for that storm over there. What would you name a hurricane? Send us your ideas at hello at the10news.com and you might just get a shout out from us. Hey, hurricane shout out. And make sure to check out Lane's podcast, Nature Nerds. Did you know that wind doesn't make a sound until it passes through or comes into contact with something? Kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? But don't. Have you noticed signs at businesses lately asking customers to pay with exact change? Turns out toilet paper wasn't the only shortage caused by the coronavirus pandemic. To find out more, let's go to our correspondent, Pamela Kirkland, and our friend, Sammy. Do you have a piggy bank full of coins sitting at home? Well, that might be a problem. One unexpected side effect of the COVID-19 pandemic is it has plunged the nation into a national coin shortage. You may have seen signs at stores and restaurants asking people to pay with exact change only. It's something that's hurting businesses that need coins to operate every day. Why can't stores just give me change? That's because coins aren't being spent as much as they would be. And banks that would usually give rolls of coins to restaurants, stores, and other places are holding on to their share of coins, too. Pennies, dimes, nickels, and quarters aren't as available as they used to be. So why can't we just make some more coins? Well, the U.S. Mint, the place where coins are made, says it's not a supply issue. Earlier this year, the U.S. Mint produced fewer coins than normal to keep their employees safe. But they're making as many coins as they can. A whopping 1.65 billion coins were minted in June. The problem is that we're holding all the coins in spare change drawers or that one weird water jug your parents have that's full of pennies. What can kids do to help? The U.S. Mint is asking if you'd think about breaking that piggy bank open to spend some of that change you've been saving. Or head to one of those coin dispensers or a bank. They'll take your change and give you some crisp dollar bills to take home. And fun fact... A coin can remain in circulation for up to 30 years, while paper bills are usually retired after only 18 months. Goodbye. I didn't know that, Pamela. And I have a fun fact for you. Earlier this year, two teenagers in Israel unearthed an 1,100-year-old clay jar containing 425 ancient gold coins. Experts say the buried treasure discovered during an archaeological dig would have been worth a small fortune at the time it was hidden. What's the takeaway? If you're going to hide something valuable, try yourself a map so you can find it again. Mom! Mom! Have you seen my 1,100-year-old clay jar? It's got my gold coins in it! Mom! Next, Pamela takes us to an aquarium in North Carolina where the coin shortage isn't a problem at all. In fact, They figured out a way to put their spare change to good use. My name is Liz Baird, and I'm the director of the North Carolina Aquarium at Pine Knoll Shores. 
we have been close to the public since mid-March. We took advantage of not having the public here and have spent a lot of time uh, refreshing um, paint on the walls and power washing the wooden railings at the front and really trying to make sure that when we are allowed to bring guests back that they are they are greeted with a sparkling, um, clean and bright aquarium that may have a few new additions. And so I want to get to what you guys did in terms of emptying the waterfall. So when we decided to turn off the waterfall, it was because we were looking at cost-saving measures. And one of the ideas was to save electricity and water use by turning off the waterfall. And when somebody said, hey, well, if we're turning it off, why don't we clean it out? I thought, well, that's a great idea. That's something we can't do very easily while we have the public here with us. So we spent the better part of a day and a half uh, shoveling buckets of coins and rocks and mud and strange things that have been dropped into the waterfall out of the bottom of the waterfall and then cleaning the coins and, and realizing that we had many more coins than I had ever imagined. So what was the grand total that you ended up collecting? The grand total was $8,563.71. That's amazing. Not bad for just cleaning out a water feature. (laughs) Not bad at all. Of course, it had not been cleaned out for nearly 15 years. And so it, it was really shocking to me. I was one of the folks who climbed down into the bottom of the waterfall to help dig coins out. And there were times that I was standing in, you know, four or five inches of coins. Wow. And so it's twofold. You're helping the country in the middle of a national coin shortage. And you're also helping the aquarium that's not getting as much funding right now since it's closed to the public. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I hope that you'll get a chance to come visit us and see our terrific exhibits. It's time for your trivia question of the day. What unusual artifact was recently sold at an auction for a whopping $31.8 million? Was it A, a pair of Queen Victoria I's underpants, B, the world's largest collection of petrified fish heads, or C, a T-Rex skeleton? Did you guess it? The answer is... At an auction for modern and impressionist art, a 40-foot-long T-Rex fossil known as Stan made a big impact when he sold for a cool $31.8 million. Which begs the question, where exactly does one keep a 40-foot T-Rex skeleton named Stan? You would be the talk of the town if you kept that in your yard. Better yet, on your front lawn. And in case you were wondering, Queen Victoria I's underpants fetched a mere $16,300 when they sold at an auction in 2015. Yuck! Time's up. That's the end of the 10 for today. You can catch new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media in collaboration with Next Chapter Podcasts and distributed by iHeartRadio. The 10 News Writing Team is led by Editorial Director Tracy Crooks with contributions from Stephen Tompkins and Pamela Kirkland. 
The creative producer is Jenner Pasqua. Marketing is led by Jacob Bronstein with web support by Adam Farr. Editing and sound design by Pete Musto under the production direction of Jeremiah Tittle. Executive producer Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan round out the team. If you have a question about the show, a story idea, or just a fun fact you want to share, email us at hello at the10news.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review The 10 News on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now go spend those coins in your piggy bank. Don't tell your parents I said to do that. <laughs>